Bienvenido and thank you for listening to the Word con Sazón podcast, a sermon collective of reforming Latinos. The following sermon was given at Street Lights Church in the city of Westminster, California by Pastor Victor Velasquez. For more information about the church or about the pastor, please go to our show notes below. Man, how's everybody doing? I wanted to encourage you either way, because sometimes we can't get discouraged on Valentine's Day. I'm, t- I'm t- talking to the singles, you can't get discouraged, or for whatever circumstance you're in right now, uh, I just wanted to encourage you through the book of James, and we'll event- we'll, we will eventually get to the book of James. But I have like this introduction that I just wanted to share, because I was praying earlier, I'm like, Man, what, what am I supposed to preach today? How am I supposed to encourage the singles or encourage those who are in relationships that are still here that, that couldn't make it to the couples? How am I going to address everything today? And how do we find joy, especially in a time like this? Because we hear the cliches, right? Oh, well, I'll, it's Valentine's Day. I don't have a couple, but I got Jesus. And some people are like, yeah, we got Jesus, but we want a little bit extra, you know? But uh, <laughs> I want to encourage you with 1 Corinthians 7.32, if you can turn there. Like I said, it will eventually, or we may not get to the book of James, but it's all how the Lord leads tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. Yeah, 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And if you're not too familiar with the the Bible, uh, Paul is going to be addressing marriage in this chapter. So I encourage you to, you know, when you go home, read, read 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And it's going to encourage you whether you're married, whether you're single, or whether you went through stuff, Paul's just going to lay it down. So my focus is going to be on verse 32 to 35. But here's what Paul is basically saying. saying he's basically addressing marriage, uh, sexual desires, and you know if you can't control yourself, get married. And if you're not married, that's good. And if you're married, that, that's praise God, that's a good thing. But Paul would even say, if you're single, that's even better if you're single. And why does he say that? Let's read. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. But I want you to be free from concern, just in case you're worried today or anything. One who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And his interests are divided. The woman who is unmarried and the virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy, both in body and spirit. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. For this I say to your own benefit, not to put a restraint upon you, but to promote what is appropriate and to secure undistracted devotion to the Lord. So here's what Paul is basically saying, just, you know, just to wrap up everything he's saying in chapter 7. He's saying, if you're married, pray, praise God that you're married, that you're in a relationship, because we know that the Word of God says that he who finds a wife finds favor with the Lord. So Paul's saying that's a good thing, and I'm not, I'm not turning that down at all. But then he says he has this other side, that, that being single is actually the better thing you, uh, you can have. But he's, he's basically saying that both are a gift from God. So 
if we're looking at a single perspective today, we can't be like, Lord, why haven't you blessed me with, with a couple? Why haven't you blessed me with the woman? Or for the woman, why haven't you blessed me with a man? Uh, Paul's basically saying, wait, hold up. It's actually better, and it's a gift from God that you're actually single right now. And what Paul's saying to the married person, he's saying, well, well, praise God, if you're married, be devoted to your wife, be devoted to your husband, because either way, that's a thing from the Lord. And Paul basically says, says it like this. Uh, I want to spare you some trouble because those who are getting married get fall into some serious stuff. Their hearts uh, are divided between the Lord and, and, and their spouse. And, and he's saying that, that you know, one part wants to please the husband or the spouse, one other part wants to please the Lord, but the single person is concerned more about the Lord. How he or she may please the Lord in body and in spirit. So I want to encourage you today because... I mean, I start off, I'll start straight out. For me, today's been annoying. Everybody's hearts and where's your Valentine's? I'm like, you jerk, stop telling me who's my Valentine. I don't have one buddy today. But I, I want to encourage the singles today that it's, you are gifted by God in your singleness. And if you're married here and you're in a relationship today, you are gifted by God as well. But Paul is saying this, that it's better to be single because you have more time to spend with God. The person who is married or the person who, who, who's in a relationship is more concerned about that person than he, than he or she is with the Lord. So I want to encourage you today that being single is a gift from God. And being married is a gift from God as well. But the question that I want to ask you according to the scripture, because it ended off with this, this I say for your own benefit, to put a restraint, not to put a restraint upon you, but to promote what is appropriate and to secure undistracted devotion to the Lord. So whether you're married or whether you're single, is your heart devoted to the Lord? That's basically the first question that I want to ask you today. Is your heart devoted to God? How you can please God? Because this applies to those who are, who are married too. Because those who are married are supposed to represent the gospel in their marriage. Husband representing Jesus and the wife representing the church. But a single person has this devotion to the Lord that I'm going to be holy. I'm going to be blameless. And to tell you the truth, being a single for a long time it is a gift from God. Because you have more time to spend in the word of God. You have more time to be in prayer you have more time to do the ministry of the Lord. For all my single people, we ain't got to ask permission from nobody. We can just do what we want to do, of course, in honor to the Lord. Not do what we want to do by going to the clubs and, you know, posting inappropriate stuff. No, no. The Word of God is saying devotion, undistracted devotion. Bless you. Undistracted devotion to the Lord. So whether you're married or whether you're single, is your heart devoted to God? That's the question that I want to ask you. That, that's, that's something that God put in my heart right now. Are you not wasting your time? Are you being in the word of God? Are you being in prayer? Especially, I, I, I mean, man, this is the most important thing in your life. Not whether you have a relationship status or just read, read chapter 7. I, I, I promise you're going to be encouraged by, by the word of God. 
whether you're married, single, or whatever it is. But the second verse I want to come to, to you because, you know, we're talking about being devoted to the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And this is very important. Because we're talking about being devoted to God. And I don't want you... Uh, second, second Timothy 3.16. Anytime I use that scripture, I get confused with John 3.16. But 2 Timothy 3.16. But I, I want to encourage you to not be discouraged today. And I also want to encourage you that when you leave church today, and when you're by yourself, please do yourself a favor and don't go on Instagram today. Don't go on Facebook tonight because two things are going to happen. One, you're going to be seeing all the hearts and everybody's happy. Everybody's having dinner. And that's going to make you think, well, where's, where's mine? What, what about me? And then that's going to tempt you to post some stuff that's like, I'm single and I don't need a man or I don't need a woman. It's like, well, you're looking at things the wrong way. But to not let your heart be uh, distracted, don't don't. This is just me as a pastor telling you, it's not, it's not in scripture, but this is me as a pastor telling you to, to not go on social media tonight. And do, don't do that to yourself. The word of God says uh, to guard your heart. So guard your heart. 2 Timothy 3.16 says it like this. We were talking about being devoted to God, being involved in ministry, because now you have the time, now the time is perfect. But this encouragement right now is for you to get into the word of God. Right now that you have time, whether you're single or you're married, First, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Now, why am I telling you that this scripture, you know, just came into my heart? Well, it didn't just came into my heart, the Holy Spirit, you know, reading the Word of God, but we have to know what the Word of God says, especially you as a single person who has the time. Get into the Word of God. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. The men who who wrote these letters and, and, you know, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of like if God was writing all this stuff down. And for anybody who's serious about being devoted to God, who's serious about living a holy life, who's serious of of leading a blameless life, especially in the Word of God says, especially in a crooked and depraved generation, right now is the time to get into the Word of God because time is short. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He says that time is short. So whether you're married, live as you're single. If you're single, be devoted to God. In whatever situation there is, Paul says, time is short, so do the will of God. But some people may ask, how do we do the will of God? We get into Scripture and see how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Because every Scripture that means Old Testament as well, because Paul was, was actually talking about Old Testament right here. But to understand the New Testament, you have to read the Old Testament. But Paul is saying, you are going to be equipped for every good work. The man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. I'm talking to men and I'm talking to women as well. You need to be trained up in the things of God in order to do the will of God. 
Because I don't know about you guys, but me, every time I'm up here, whether I'm preaching or whether I go out evangelizing or, you know, we do a podcast, whether I'm doing the podcast, I want to know that everything I'm speaking, because I'm speaking to the souls, it's either speaking life or death, I want to know that I'm doing the will of God. Not only by the way that I speak, but James is going to say it like this, do not just listen to the word or hear the word and deceive yourselves, but practice the word of God. So it's not just a matter of my thinking or the way that I speak, but it's a way of how am I living this holy life? Because I say it all the time, but it's so true. We can play the part at church. It's so easy to play the part at church. But what happens when, when you're at your workplace? Because the Bible talks about how to act when you're at work, how to be. What about when you're at home? The Word of God is going to show you and teach you how you must act at home. What about by yourself when you're locked up in your room? The Word of God is going to show you what you must do then. But how are you going to know, man or woman of God, how to do things if we're not in the Word? If we're not honoring God through, the, through His inspired Word of God? And so I want to encourage you, whether you're single, whether you're married. I mean, if you're married, do your best to see God together. If you're single, uh, you have more time with the Lord. Even Paul is going to go on to say, what if one person is serving God and the other is not? The scripture is going to tell you how to live in that manner. That even the person who's serving God in a relationship or in a marriage, I mean, not in a relationship, but in a marriage, the person who's serving God and the person who is not, the person who's serving God is keeping his spouse holy because that person is devoted to God. So you see, this calls for us to be up in the word of God. And I want to encourage you through this because this is going to be the most important thing in your life. Sometimes we may think, well, if I was just in a relationship, I'll be more satisfied. I talk to a bunch of married people and tell me, trust me, they tell me, stay single. <laughs> like they grab my shirt, don't get married. <laughs> like, man, you're making it seem like it's, like it's, it's a struggle. I mean, I've never been married. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. But uh, when you're single, you feel like, ah, I, I can do marriage. But the married person is always saying, be, stay single. You, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. And so <laughs> being in the word of God, it is a gift for you right now to, in the situation that you're at, you have to look at it that way. That's how faith comes. Through reading the word. And so instead of being bitter or being like, man, where's, 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 my other, where's, my, where's my rib or whatever, you're more content with God has me where I'm at because he knows better than I do. And so devotion to God, devotion to the word. And 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3. Now, us were called to serve God, to be holy, and to be blameless. And another thing why I'm encouraging you to read into the word of God is because God's going to speak to you how you should live, how, how you should act, how you should speak. But here's what, what 
Paul's going to get to in this letter. He's basically going to be talking about false teachers. And as a pastor, I have to be continually aware that there is false teachers who will deceive you, who will twist the word of God and make it about a man-centered gospel instead of a Christ-centered gospel. So let's read. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3. If anyone advocates different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing. But he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between man and a depraved mind, and a depraved of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain, but godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied, accompanied by contentment. But we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare, and many foolish and harmful desire, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. And let me pause right there. Now, why am I reading this? Why am I talking about being devoted to God? Why am I being talking about, you know, being in the word? Because Paul is saying right there, he starts off, if anybody tells you anything different than what is written in Scripture, know that it's not from God. Because God's word is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and he says, if, if you're hearing a teaching that doesn't talk about godliness, that talk, doesn't talk about holiness, but it's just talking about, uh, I'll put it in today's terms because I hear it a lot, talking about your blessing and how God's going to rain all that blessing upon your life and this and that. Paul is saying right here, that's not of God. That doesn't go online with the word of God, so stay away from those things. Because in the gospel, you're going to hear Jesus talking about a lot of hell, for maybe you're like, oh, hell, why is he talking about hell? He, Jesus talks more about hell than he does about heaven in the gospel. Some of you may say, well, doesn't God want us to be rich and live a happy life? Jesus talked about and exposed the dangers of being rich. The rich young ruler. You know, he was, he was telling Jesus, he was telling him, I've, I've kept all the commandments. I'm a righteous person. Uh, you know, I've kept all of these. What, what, else, what else may I do? In other words, he was telling Jesus, well, I'm righteous. I'm, I'm the good person. I deserve heaven. What else can I do to, to earn heaven? Well, Jesus was going to tell him, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then follow me. What Jesus was doing is he was exposing that his idolatry was money, it was riches, and if you can't give up riches, he says that that's idolatry for you, and heaven does not belong to a person such as that. We can't make money our God. Paul says, as long as we have food and coverings, with these we shall be content. Because Scripture will always interpret Scripture. When Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, he wasn't talking about lifting weights. I know we see that in, in, in gym clothes, that I can do all things through Christ, and shows like, you know, that, that bench press. But he wasn't talking about that. 
If you really read, if you really get down to it, the, the, the context and how Paul was saying, he, he was basically saying, I've lived in prosperity. In other words, I've had more than enough. But then there's times where I'm barely making it through. He's saying, I've had my ups and I've had my downs. But what Paul is basically saying is that through it all, God is still God, and he was still there through my downs and through my ups. And he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So when I have more than enough, I can be content. When I have nothing, I can be content. Because God will give me the strength to do it whether I'm rich or whether I'm, I, I'm barely making it. Paul says it right here, as long as we have food and coverings, as long as we have food and clothing, we're good. Notice that he doesn't say a house. But, you know, we live in different times, but this still applies today. Has anybody ate today? Is there any food in your belly? If not, don't trip. We got a bunch of donations in the back, and you got nothing to say that we didn't know. We have food. And I, there's, there's nobody here that's naked. That means you have coverings, you have clothes. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Oh, yeah, some of us know the struggle, huh? Like, dang, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. But Paul is saying, man, Life is more important than what you, or even Jesus said in the gospel, life is more important than what you eat, what you will wear, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. So see how scripture interprets scripture? How it all, it all goes in line? Well, well, some people may say, well, well, it contradicts. You're not reading it in the right context, and you're not view, viewing it in a, in a way that's godly and holy, because that's what our God is. But let's continue reading. First Timothy chapter 3. I mean, First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 10. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And this is why Paul is saying right here that it's, it's wrong to seek those riches because... I mean, you're going you're gonna to end up betraying it, and, and the, the love of money, it's a root to all kinds of evils, all kinds. And so Paul's saying, be aware of this, because some have, have shipwrecked their faith, They're, they've wandered away in the pursuit of money. But then Paul's going to say what well, we should be pursuing in the next verse, but flee from these things. Paul's saying, Get, get, don't, don't even chase after these things. These things are perishing. The word of God endures forever. And those who do the will of God will abide in him forever. I mean, the prosperity, prosperity gospel, you're actually getting really cheated off of that. Because they're promoting momentary pleasures, but our God is everlasting. And they're robbing you away from true joy. You're being robbed by the prosperity gospel. I mean... Prosperity, they're teaching prosperity, but in fact, you're, you're the poorest person on earth if you're following the prosperity gospel. Paul says, verse 11, flee from these things. Get away. Don't chase after these things. Again, you, man of God. He's talking to Timothy, but this applies to the man or to the woman of God today. But you, man of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, 
perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So Paul's basically saying, run at, run, don't run after these things. Run away from these things and keep following God. Pursue godliness. Whether you're single, whether you're married, in your marriage or, or, or in, your, in your everyday life, pursue godliness. Flee from these things. Pursue righteousness. Do what is right because our God is a good God and we represent him wherever we go. He says pursue faith, pursue, pursue love, perseverance, and gentleness. This, Paul is basically saying this is a fight of your life. Don't get distracted. I mean, with, with fights, it, he's saying fight the good fight. That, 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 man, that, that goes so much. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't, don't fall into these temptations. Don't, don't fall away. I mean, sometimes, we, I mean, right here he's saying fight the good fight, and sometimes we're like, man, we're going to sock people up with our faith. But, but, he, but he's, he's basically saying fight your flesh. Fight your desires. Stand up for the truth, and when you hear prosperity gospel, rebuke that. And don't follow the ways of the world, because the world is going down a, a, very, a very broad way. And Jesus said that those who want to seek God, it, it's a narrow path. Few are going in there. I mean, that's why I, sometimes I feel like few are coming to Streetlight Church, because we don't preach prosperity gospel. Everybody's going to the mega churches, where nobody knows you, you can do whatever you want. And you're just going to be hearing about your blessings. But, but God calls us to, to something else. Fight the good fight of faith. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. You were not recalled to be with God. And so what Paul is saying, hold on to this. Don't let it go. Don't deceive yourself by riches or, or, or you know, or even just today, Valentine's Day, don't, don't deceive yourself by like, oh, I wish I had that. No, you're called to eternal life and grab hold of it. This calls for us to, to, to not only like, okay, I'm going to fight the good fight. No, I'm going to fight my flesh every day to pursue godliness. Whether I'm at work, at home, evangelizing. Because temptations, temptations are going to arise. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. If you're new in the faith, temptations will arise. But that's when the scripture applies and says, fight, fight it. This is a good fight. This is the fight of your life. Take hold. You're called to something better. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who testifies the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep the commandments without strain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, take hold of this faith. You're called to eternal life, but do it till Jesus comes back. Faith, pray until, Jesus, until you see him face to face. I mean, when, when Jesus appears in, in the clouds and, and, you know, man, 1 Thessalonians, you're going to hear about how, how he raptures the church and, and, man, 
when, when, when Christ comes, man, I want him to see me when I'm praying and I'm in the word. Or then I'm fighting the good fight by, by honoring God. When people persecute, uh, I mean, and honestly, in America, we don't know what persecution is. All we know is mockings and a couple of, you know, things and that. But there's brothers and sisters in other parts of the country that are suffering tremendously right now. I mean, I can get discouraged, too, by the mockings. Like, I get mocked at, at my work every day because everybody knows I'm a pastor. And to their eyes, they hear the, the prosperity gospel, so they look at me like, you just want the money, don't you? You, you know, they talk bad, but, but we got to persevere in those things. And until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pursue godliness, righteousness, holiness, faith, love. Because this is what me and you are called to do. And so I'm encouraging you guys, don't, don't get discouraged today. I mean, I tell you not to go on social media tonight because, you know, Wisdom, guard your heart. Don't allow yourself to be tempted to feel sorry for yourself. And God, why haven't you blessed me yet? God's blessed you right. You're blessed right now. The true blessings of the Lord are upon you right now. Haven't you read Ephesians chapter 1? You are gifted with every spiritual blessings in the spiritual, in the heavenly places. You want to talk about being rich? You're rich right now. You don't need money to, 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 to like, oh man, to find your worth in money. That doesn't define your worth. Money or your circumstances, it doesn't define who you are. Being a child of God and honoring God defines who you are. And so my question is, are you devoted to God whether you're married or whether you're single, are you in this to win the fight? Because if we look at Romans, that those who, who he predestined, whom he called, he, he justified, he glorified, we already won. Until that day comes, we battle, but the war has already won. Jesus already won. He, de he defeated death on the cross. He defeated the powers of Satan on the cross. For those who are in Christ. Sin no longer has a hold on you, but God calls us to take a hold on eternal life. Persevere in these things. God says that he will not leave us nor forsake us. Even Emmanuel, that word says God with us. God is with us. And so keep persevering. Keep pursuing Christ. And that was just an introduction. Let's get into the book of James. No, I'm kidding. We're good. <laughs> but, I mean, I want, I, I want to end with that. Be devoted to God. Whether you're single or you're married, my prayer for all of us, because I'm in this too, is that we all be devoted to God. So with that, I'm asking everybody to please bow your heads and close your eyes at this time. As we pray. <clears throat>